Welcome to Moving Target, my Rockfin exclusive. Joining me today is another Rockfin creator, content creator, as well as another investigative reporter, researcher, independent media, somebody that's been doing this for quite a long time. And we've had a few shows back and forth, but this show I've really been begun to enjoy in regard to the, you know, kind of just no holds barred off the cuff conversation about what's really going on and well, who knows where it's going to go. So, and of course, Jason, as we were joking behind the scenes before we got here is perfectly primed to have an off the cuff conversation about whatever comes to the table. So how are you, man? Very, very good. Yeah. We were almost having a broadcast besides the <laughs> broadcast and we're like, all right, we got to stop this. Cause you know, we only talk probably like every couple to three months there, there might be a DM in there or a tweet or something like that in between. But you know, people don't get it when you do this kind of stuff, you're kind of, when you're not on air, you're looking at a lot of the information you're talking about. And mm-hmm. you don't just hone in on that information. You look at a bunch of stuff, right? I'm, I'm sure you do that. You never cover or you mention in passing. And then you find something that's like, oh, man, this is this is worth covering. And then you kind of ch- try to put it together in a digestible man. At least I do a mm-hmm. digestible manner. So, you know, every once in a while we'll share a story. Or, for instance, I had Derek Bros on last week and you right. have been publishing that amazing Utah and Mormon piece. I actually caught your interview with him and I was like, man, I got to get Derek on here. And he actually reached out to me. I was like, oh, I can't wait. And uh the, the thing was, I hadn't watched the documentary, the Gordon B. Hinckley uh, piece yeah. that, that you guys had put up yet. And I obviously want to do I'm one of those guys that when I have have somebody on and it's about a specific topic, I tend to read their work and look at the stuff. Yeah, and yeah well, it's incredible. Do your due diligence. It's incredible. <laughs> well, I want to add to the conversation, right? Like, so <laughs> at, at the same time that's going on, you know, I want to have articles or other pieces or other points of fact to bring up that kind of brings something to the table because I honestly think this is an important topic. It's one I've been covering now for, again, I've been in this almost two decades. It's kind of funny. You know, I, I, it's hard to believe that, but you know, we're around the corner. We're nine days out, a little over a week out from the 21st anniversary of nine 11, you know, Mm -hmm. people born on that day are going to be able to legally drink. Uh, (laughs) It's pretty wild. You know, it happened like that. You think, you know, as we gray in the beard, my friend. It- yeah, yeah, you're telling, telling me. <laughs> well, by the way, just to, to, to clarify, just in case, my, my point was to be, to give you a, you know, doing your due diligence. Good, that's, I'm glad we see some people doing that still today, not to suggest that that's, you know, that um, it's outstanding to see that there's people that actually care about understanding the, the content before jumping into things. You know, that's that's where we all need to be. And as we always point out, I think you and I have said this almost every time we've talked is that there's pr- there's probably quite a bit that Jason and I disagree on, you know, and that's the whole point of this, you know, is not just to continue to high five with people around you that see the same thing, even though there's some use for that. I say that jokingly, just informing people around you, you know, like we see it. Good job. You know, but you we know, need to cross those lines. I think so too. That's, that's what's so wild about like people who will attack me for going on this show. Or for instance, there were people telling me not to do the reawaken America tour. I'm like, are you insane? <laughs> Why would I not want to reach a bunch of Christian conservatives that are buying into Elon Musk and get 15 minutes to hammer home why you shouldn't buy into Elon Musk and what transhumanism is? That's the perfect yeah. opportunity. Right. Why, why wouldn't I want to be around Mike Flynn and Cash Patel, who's in, in that thing? Of course. You know, I, first of all, I want to be able to talk to them maybe behind the scenes if I get the opportunity, right? And then have them on a program and engage them in a discussion. I'm sure we have different perspectives. I can't imagine what it's like to grow up in the military and get to the highest, at least public ranks of the intelligence services, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's mm-hmm. something Flynn did. And, yeah. that, and that's something that nobody seems to even care about. And, and that needs to be de- deconstructed. 
You know well, what I mean? But, but I like, but the point is I like, you know, because you, you, you want to be able to be in that discussion, not just to be along with everything else or to, you know, toe the line of whatever else is saying true or false, but to be able to speak to those people that may be interested in your different perspective, you know, and that's, I'm in, I'm in, in Tennessee. I get a lot of that because, you know, there's a lot of very and, and objective and, and truth seeking people here, but they heavily lean conservative. And that's neither good nor bad. It's just the reality, you know. And so I end up in a lot of these rallies out here where most of the people there are towing a really hardcore two party paradigm kind of line that I'm, I'm good. But as long as you can be open to hear what I have to say about why I think that's a, a trap and, you know, it's, it's all good. You know, but that's it's important to be able to do that. And I, it's like, for instance, you know, you you like you were just mentioning and feel free to shout that out for those that may want to check it out. You're going to be doing something for Infowars coming up uh, today or tomorrow, whenever. And yeah. you know my opinion on the platform, but it doesn't mean we can't still have a conversation about different things. That's important. You know, anyway, we could beat that I, dead I horse. But... Listen, man, I get a text literally while I was walking to get my morning coffee. Hey, we got the uh, fourth hour open. You want to do it? Take the opportunity every single time because, you know, probably like we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk about transhumanism and transgender. Perfect. Perfect. Because they are one in the same and, and a lot of people have tried to give me flack about that. I'm like, listen, you need to get in, into reality. You need to, first of all, go to the core of what the word means. And what does trans mean in general? Transform. And, you know, I was just showing you this clip, or we're going to show you this clip, mm-hmm. of um, Martine Rothblatt, who actually wrote a book <laughs> called uh, From uh, Transgender to Transhuman. Okay? Wrote nope. this book in the 90s. Now, this is a person who founded SiriusXM, is into biotech companies in which they're not only going to use drone technology to drop their assets, but they genetically modify pigs for organs, okay, yeah. stem cells. And this was just recently uh, put out there by the FDA. This is a 2016 forum. Guess who it's held by? It's held by the Washington Post. It's called, ready? Transformers. <laughs> All right. Oh, it's on the nose, right? <laughs> it gets even more interesting. This thing's two hours long. We actually did a watch along with the first hour and 20 minutes. The last panel was actually Katie Couric, uh, Rothstein, I think, uh, Rothenstein from the Carlisle Group, David mm-hmm. Rothenstein, I think, um, and two other, the a representative from the Schmidt family. They had DARPA on there. We did that watch along. We had Meta before they were absorbed by Google on there. So this Transformers thing, Literally starts out with Rothblatt, who is a transgender, again, huge in industry. And I'm just going to let them take it away from here. Hold on. Before you play the clip, before you play the clip, I just think this just set it up a little bit for those that may not have seen my or your work on this in the past, because this is something that we've both been talking about. And it is really crazy to think about this. And and both of us have been taking, you know, flack for even the possibility. I, I would just like to argue that I don't necessarily think they're one in the same. And I'm sure that was just a broad opening to this. I'm sure you have more of a nuanced opinion on it, but I think that at the end of the day, it's obviously like something that is leading in this direction. Now you can go back as far as you want, but we've been talking about this for a long time in regard to how it's just kind of opening that door. And, and look, I, the idea that we are seeing politics in this country I mean, it's hard to put a number on it. I don't know. 25, 30% of the policy conversation seems to be a lot of it seems to be overtaken with this discussion that applies to like 0.5, however much, a small, small percentage of people of the, of the population. That's not normal. There's something wrong right there. Right. So our argument would be that this is somehow opening people's minds to the idea that it's okay to alter your body for whatever reason, which leads to the transhumanist direction. It's pretty easy to see that. 
let let's just yeah break that down and what my nuanced opinion is. Yeah, please go ahead. I, okay, because I think that is important. Yeah, absolutely. The future, according to the predator class, whoever you think they may be, is one of transhumanism. Let's start there. Okay. Right? Yeah. In fact, this person is going to talk about Ray Kurzweil, who is the head of the immortality division at Google called Calico, who That's years so ago wrote The Age of Spiritual Machines. All right. The NASA documentation I continually go to lets you know they believe in a virtual age coming. And by 2025, the beginning of bots, Borgs and humans on Earth, because there are already cyborgs on Earth. That's how I found this clip. I was actually in C-SPAN and just Googling and the Googling searching cyborg. <laughs> I know it's, it's that embedded. Exactly. That's embedded. how it works. <laughs> yes. well, NC-SPAN's archive and I'm looking into it and I find cyborgs and I, and I, and I initially was drawn to it because it had this person who I'd seen before who has an antenna apparatus, human brain interface in his skull as kind of like an art gag, but it can uh, absorb signals and all these other crazy things. Again, go watch the watch along. All right. <laughs> so make sure, make sure you include that for me. I'll put it in the show notes. Oh, you got it. And and actually, the cover of that is somebody from RuPaul's Drag Race who's literally dressed like an alien, because eventually what they want you to do is not identify as a human being or a man or a woman or anything biological. And by the way, this person, Rothblatt, has already started their own religion, but you'll find out about that. Don't worry. <laughs> so, so, I mean, this is the real deal. They don't believe in God and they don't believe in what our biology is. And they do believe, again, according to Bushnell, before this virtual age, they have taken hold of not only human evolution, but the evolution of everything. Mm. There is no more natural evolution. And I played that clip. We could That's play pretty that. telling to the whole big thing, too. Like the idea that they're now these technocrats guiding, you know, because we don't know better. We can't do it ourselves. We've shown through history that we're going to fail. Like whatever the argument is, grabbing that and making that happen. And the Great Reset and the Fourth Industrial Revolution, as I know you've covered, is exactly that. They're telling you transhumanism, implantables, all of it, right? All of it. So go ahead well, if you want to play it unless you got another comment. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to say, so So when we get down to the sexual aspect of it, right? right. During, during our timeline, back in the day, when you had somebody who was a drag queen or whatever, and they did it on the regular, it was a transvestite, right? If they got the operation, it was transsexual. Mm -hmm. You know, we were willing to go that far because they, they were literally having surgery on their sexual organs. Right. And even later on, the man with the uh, cyborg apparatus, they asked him about surgery. So like, he goes, don't worry, it's going to be like the transgender movement where you kind of had these underground surgeries and then it expanded. Right. This is 2016. Right. So when you get to that, that aspect of it, OK, whatever you, you did the surgery. And I'm, I'm not sure if this person's post-op or pre-op or, or whatever, but been living this way, still married to his wife, who he's creating a robot. She, he, whatever is Rothblatt is creating a robot cyborg replica of <laughs> be it, We'll show you that also if you'd like to see it. I mean, it's this wild, right? Oh, wow, man. Yeah. This is yeah. like a movie. Yeah. And so what people have to understand is then it started going into kids and there was no more biology and it's fluid, by the way. And then you, when you really knew about it, now this person also had just received, and, and we're going to start it with the bathroom controversy and how they worked that into the conversation right in the beginning, because the, the law was passed in North Carolina. No, you can't share bathrooms. We know where we're at on that. We know, I mean, it's gotten way further. The Q wasn't even added onto the, or no, it was LGBTQ. Uh, and, and that was it. And I think there's like 
now there's more. I mean, they don't even agree on that. Like they don't even agree on that. Right. So, so when go, sorry, go ahead. So then we start getting into non-binary and zeros and ones. And that again is the implication. Yeah. You are digital. Right. And you can flow and they can slice it any way they want, but it is the modus operandi of this transhumanist movement. This person wrote the book on it and now you're going to hear them speak. And remember, when's the video from? This is from 2016, May of two, May 18th. 2016 this Man. is the transformers conference by the washington post the mouthpiece of bezos and the establishment and they are co- i'm just gonna let them speak i'm just gonna let them speak all right so can you can you just share your screen so i can put it full screen otherwise it's you only absolutely on you can right there how's that all right, here we go. There's Billie Jean King Leadership Initiative Award, which is devoted to LBGT issues and puts her in an interesting issue because she has a company or part of the company is based in North Carolina, which, as you know, right now, she might get arrested for going to the bathroom uh, if the governor had anything to do about it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Martine Rothblatt. Martin, one of the basic concepts that you're interested in, it's not just improving life, but it's actually immortality, that we're all going to live forever. And Martin, I uh, might mention, has founded a religion, as one does, uh, known as <laughs> as, as terrorism. It's uh, based on transhumanism. And you have the idea that we're not just going to live a long time, but we're all going to live forever. Tell us your concept of immortality and how that actually would work. Thanks, Neely. It's a, it's a great pleasure to be here. Um, the idea is, is one that has been percolating up from lots of people in the information technology industry for a while. Um, perhaps uh, Ray Kurzweil, who um, is a um, prolific inventor, is, is best known for the idea that as our abilities in the information processing industry, uh, computer software, storage of more and more of our thoughts and our our ideas outside of our body becomes easier, uh, more automatic, uh, less expensive, that um, ultimately we're going to have sort of digital doppelgangers of ourselves that are stored um, in the cloud and are able to present themselves to any manner of devices. And that as um, thousands and thousands of uh, software coders and hackers and people in the maker movement work to make the software that runs these digital doppelgangers ever more lifelike, ever more human-like. Pause it real quick. What, what is the maker's movement? What is that? So what they're talking about there is uh, those that are developing artificial intelligence through coding. That's going to be making them more and more autonomous. So it's like kind of like the punk rock underground scene, right? Now, so it's an entire movement with the object, the object, uh, objective to reach immortality, essentially. And that, well, uh, also to create sentient AI, I guess you could say, right? It's, I it's almost, a weird name to call it maker's movement. Like that's very hub- a lot of hubris there. Like we're you know playing God. I mean, they're literally saying that with the title. I just found that very telling. No, I mean let's. I mean let's break down what they've said already. I mean it's it's going to get even deeper, obviously, because this person's promoting it again. They start off with the kind of like bathroom joke. They go back to that later on, which is amazing, and said actually called a Jim Crow law. 
Well, it's, it's just to point out that she's not going to be arrested for going to the bathroom. She'll be being, if that's the case, she'll be arrested for using, I mean, it's, 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 this is the frustrating part about this line that they draw. Like if you're a man and you go in the woman's bathroom anywhere else, you probably get in trouble for that. You know what I mean? And so it's just because you just say this. If, if this is post-op, I've always said, if you're willing to chop it off and, and that's the real deal and you're, go ahead, use the bathroom. I, I believe you, at, le- at least until you act otherwise, just like anybody well, else. Well, I don't know. But see, I mean, here's a, let's just have that quick conversation. I mean, sure. it's an interesting point to make because so the, the, then if you were, if you were, I know you're kind of just trying to bring it to the extreme, but if you were going to make that the argument, then that's still based on what you're deciding. It's sort of like the, the abortion conversation. It's like everyone just has their own opinion about where the line is drawn. At the end of the day, it just has to either be all or nothing, right? Well, like, I would, you, I would you, say you, also, well, let's, let's see if they're also, a, if they're any kind of a sex offender, I think that also changes. So, okay. The there's my point, right? So you, yeah. you, you can't pick or choose. It either has to be all or nothing. It's like, if you're a biological man, you can't, you, cause just because you make these changes, you still may have the designs to do something to that, that young child that's in there one way or the other. Now that doesn't mean everybody that's in this position may be a pedophile. It's not what I'm suggesting. Yeah, yeah. Anybody could be right. That's yeah. the point. And so at the end of the day, I think it's very clearly has to be you know, and this is the same idea as they're trying to change these lines and to to from a scientific discussion of what we've decided is one versus the other to now just like up in the air, <laughs> whatever this person decides. Well, how do we know what they decide or what they're you know, it's 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 just it, it, it's going from an unscientific dis- into an unscientific discussion because of feelings and decisions being made that aren't connected. You know what I'm saying? And it's well, well, I'll tell you what, man, if you think about the WHO and how they say there's new science and that's why there's more than one gender now or two genders or whatever genders they want. This kind of gets into that. And, and Rothblatt admits that it's going to have to be through lawyers. And you're going to hear it. Lawyers, laws. And then it's going to have to be a scientific consensus. Okay. Because we know how all that works these days. Exactly. <laughs> and, and through psychology on top of it. Let's just uh, let Rothblatt speak for themselves. Mm-hmm. point when people begin to claim that these digital doppelgangers have achieved what we call consciousness, um, an ability to have a sense of themselves, hopes, fears, and feelings. And at that point, I think the um, activity will move to the legal arena as to whether or not these digital doppelgangers really are conscious, really do have an independent legal identity. And kind of the trend of progressive uh, thinking is once there's a scientific consensus, um, and in this case, it would be the science of psychology, that being the science of the mind, that these uh, digital uh, doppelgangers are, are in fact, cyber-conscious, um, then they'll begin to acquire the sorts of rights and protections that uh, we assign to um, even uh, our pets, um, laboratory animals, and to quite a high extent to um, primates like chimpanzees. And so in this way, ourselves will kind of morph into a sort of digital consciousness that is recognized by the law. So there you go. Um, go I, ahead, even goes, I got two points. Yeah, I got I got a couple things there where people need to understand what they're saying. First of all, notice uh, she's referring to them as like maybe pets or animals. That's bullshit. Or that they have the same rights. But let's not pretend like lab animals have any rights. First of all, it's kind of a ridiculous thing to say. That's crazy to me, but. I, I, if if well, you have any rights as a lab animal, that's not a good thing to be in. <laughs> I think it's the 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 comfort of trying to get people on board to the mm-hmm. idea that they're never going to be more um, more of a supremacy than us and will always dominate them. Because later in the conversation, yeah. I haven't captured this part yet. Uh, he straight up asks Rothblatt about well, what are we talking about eugenics here? <laughs> and what not that like 
if the robots get too powerful or people that merge with them, et cetera, and they, and you get like, he literally makes the Hitler robot reference and no, you don't have to worry about that. That that's pretty much the response that can't happen. Good and evil balance out, et cetera, et cetera. And look, I'd love for that to be the, the case, but you have to look at history. I'm sorry. Good and evil don't always balance out. Yeah. And I would argue even the uh, greatest of societies and the most benevolent looking are um, capable and sometimes guilty of the, the greatest horrors. Absolutely. We're, they, we're all capable. I mean, I think that's the reality we need to come to here is that everybody has the capability based on choices throughout their life to be to be driven or reach a place where they can make decisions that are that bad. But I think the the, the problem is that. It comes that that's how all of this is for the Great Reset and all the rest of it. It's like, well, it won't happen because we're the good guys, right? It's this like altruistic platform, as if you know, same thing they did with during COVID with the scientists and are only the ones they want you to think are good, you know, the lab coat, you know, so or or even just to take it to another point of Zelensky in his green jacket. Can't you tell he's the military because always got the green shirt on? You know, they they want to make you think that they're good or doing the right thing because they're the right person in the right position at that time. And this is just childish, you know. You're not inherently altruistic because you're doing the the thing they said was good, you know, and, but, but this is what people want to believe. It's the same idea of voting in a, the new savior of the day, you know, Oh, we, he'll be the one, she'll be the one. And, you know, it's, it's, it's just another choice. But so to take this back to the point though, I think is really crazy to me. And I didn't even know this is where it was going is that which, which, so what she, he is talking about is not just like the rights of being able to, to trans to transhumanism, but like taking this to like the, the extreme that we're at today, like they're jumping an entire middle conversation and going, oh, but once we have our digital twin, they're going to be sentient and have rights of their own. It's like, so so you're talking about creating like an, a, 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 an individual, like it's it's not you're you and there's another entity that has its own awareness. Like, what's the point of that? Like, why would anybody ultimately, so you're creating a person that can be aware that they're in subjugation, right? Because <laughs> you're, because you're like you said, they're a pet or they're ultimately subordinate to you but like, that's that like what they want you to believe extension. man that's the comfort factor right but then later yeah, on they point, talk about point. yeah that, that, that later on they talk about let's say aunt lucy gets in a car accident they have all this data and they can uh upload that person because that's again what it's all about tricking right. you into thinking that somehow it's for the peasant class that's what i want to make everybody understand this woman's also promising that um uh, Basically, you're going to be able to have organs printed on demand, and that's going to be technology for us when we need it through her company. Or it's for it's the so, wealthy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, this is a person that's into biotech, media. I mean, wrote the book. I'm going to repeat it for people: <laughs> from transgender to transhuman. I, I mean, mean that, that's that's something that we take flack for even arguing is possible. And it's right there in this long shot. I'm glad. So, by the way, I hadn't seen this until Jason. And I talked about it today. So it's great. Fine, man. I mean, it, it's just so crazy to see what an obvious overlap there is. And now there's even books written about it. And this whole I mean, it's I mean, it, it's weird to see that take such a gigantic portion of the conversation and then just see it kind of dumped into this conversation right now. There are people on Twitter right now that argue transhumanism is a conspiracy theory. I mean, it's it's blatant. I mean, they're openly talking about it. This person has billions of dollars and all sorts of power. And the World Economic Forum is taking us into that transition because they want you to believe that the virtual age is kind of just like uh, Oculus extended. Right. right? right. It's going to be. And let me explain, people. If you think it's Ready Player One, it's not going to be. Now, there will be haptic suits, but that's going to be a lot rarer. What you're going to have is an area or a room that has haptic feedback and actually sends magnetic resonance waves. 
So you feel things in real time at impact without the haptic suit. In fact, the technology is already commercially available. And guess who's pushing it? The World Economic Forum. The World Economic Forum has already partnered with the metaverse so they can bring in the definition and, and kind of like this social credit score digital atmosphere. They want to de- uh, you know define it and build it together. And you look right here, it's metaverse governance and generating economic and societal value. The more value you get out of the digital world, the more you're going to be able to believe that the consciousness that you build is actually you. There is no God. You're not a man or a woman. You can take whatever form you want. That's how you're observed in the metaverse, which feels better, right? And meanwhile, the real world is going to be taken out. And this is for the pleb class. I want to make sure everybody understand. For the actual people, they're going to use the life extension technology and because this is all real, okay? And they're going to try to live longer. They're going to keep promising that for you, but it's almost going to be like a sweepstakes, Right. Like right, right. type of thing. Uh, or who wants to be a millionaire? Who wants, you know, this amazing new heart that's going to let you could live to 120. Look, right. at, look at Johnny Rockefeller over there. The great, great grandson of John D. The great John. And by then, John D will be like in big statues. We did it. <laughs> we did. God. Well, so so I mean, obviously, the thing that uh, this always works out is that the, the, the things that ultimately are able to extend your life to such degree will be only available to people that can afford it or are in the circle to use it. That, you know, this is not something that in my opinion, I mean, we can just watch by their actions today, be extended to the average people that are seen in, unless they're needed as a detriment, right? I mean, or, 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 or leeching of resources or whatever the idea is. So we can see this being in a world where it's only allowed for the, the divine rulers that have the right to rule. And we need to maintain that. So they can, like, this is all historically tied. So well, you have a comment that I want to ask you about no, Google. This is, and look, let's talk about overpopulation because that's also where kind of the transhumanist movement comes in. And right now we're seeing. But that seems counterintuitive, doesn't it? Like the idea of creating something that can't die in a world where they're talking about overpopulation, which in and of itself is a manipulated topic. We're the carbon that they want to eliminate. I, I hate to tell people you look at. First of all, let's talk about population control, because that's what it's really about. It's in all their documents. Um, again, Bushnell, I've, I've played the video clip where he talks about Malthus 101, and they might just decide to institute population control. Those are his words. And then in that document, it says actually world population stabilization. Again, 2001 document. Climate's a big thing. It's the excuse. In Roman times, they thought they were overpopulated. I assure you, billions and billions and billions and billions of more people could live on this earth harmoniously. Okay, with all sorts of resources, but you wouldn't have the command and control. So do you think that they believe that that's the case or you believe that they're using that to achieve an end? And if so, what's the end that they're trying to achieve? Middlemen might believe it. Right. Some, you know, some some of the real true believers that, you know, are on U.N. councils and even heads of state, they might believe it. Right. But at the very top, the people that are directing this, you think Bill Gates believes that? Absolutely not. I would agree with that. I mean, I don't think we could know for sure, but I agree completely. But so what do you think the end is? What are they? So if they're lying about depo- the population needing to be cold or even insinuating that to be able. So what are they trying to achieve then in your mind? What do well, you think? It's not, I mean, they say it. Maybe I should pull up the Bushnell clip. All right. So like in this 2011 forum, uh, Blue Tech Forum, they love to brag, by the way, in front of people that are going to be able to carry this out on a mid-level, right? All the Mm -hmm. people that are working for Goldman Sachs or whatever that are there for investment firms. For instance, that Washington Post Transformers 
Summit mm-hmm. is sponsored by Samsung and Lockheed Martin. Just to people. <laughs> <Talking>. <laughs> that's, that's what I knew. I just had to do the watch along is I'm sitting there and I was like four minutes into it. And then the guy that was running it said it was sponsored by them. I go, you know what? Let's just stop. I'm going to watch it with my audience on the cuff or I'm never going to do it. And then I'm going to have to go back and clip it anyway. Yeah, right, right. So I might as well do it. Right. So Bushnell says in this in 2011, there's two code words. OK, throughout the whole thing. And th- this is what's really important. First code word. The code word is sustainability. As soon as you hear sustainability, what that really means, according to Bushnell, is that the West's standard of living is going to go down. There is no real economic comeback because the jobs are overseas. And as the Asians and their billions come up, you're just going to have to have a subsistence living. That's what sustainability means. All right. And uh, he says, I know a lot of you guys are in the growth business. It's not going to happen. Okay. so they told you that. Then the other code word was uh, product uh, productivity improvement. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now productivity improvement really meant ever more automation and robotization of everything. And they literally discussed then a universal basic income to keep mm-hmm. people there. And guys like Harari openly tell you what, that they're going to have to have a UBI and all these drugs and video games to keep the masses oped up. I hate, right. and, and these are their words. And I don't know if you caught that TEDx interview, the long form radio interview, but it, it's astounding because I've I've watched a lot of the long form Harari stuff. And when I do watch alongs, I would like to put it in context because there are a lot of warnings in his word, but they come from, like from a, a place of somebody who's a true atheist. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the thing is these people like this person has started their own religion. You got to believe these are true atheists. And, uh, you know, they be, believe in social Darwinism above everything else. So in other words, social Darwinism says, if I'm smarter than you and I, I've got more money and power than you, hey, I'm the man. You're not. I get to make the decisions. You don't. OK, right. Well, so, if, if you're going to say atheist, though, do they not believe? I mean, I guess because ultimately it ends up being, a you know, they don't believe in God. So I think that a lot of them are like Crowley esque. Mm-hmm. cultists and what is that what does that mean that kind of it's almost like tony robbins on steroids right it's it's you're your own god do as thou wilt whatever you can handle right you know and as a group a lot of these you know sociopaths and generational bloodlines let's be honest about it i mean a lot of the people that were in power 400 years ago their lineage is in power today when they meet it's kind of that attitude right and and, and you've got the movers and shakers so when you have harari saying and it's an incredible interview in the very beginning, basically saying that, you know, there's a lot of unrest globally and it's because subconsciously human beings are starting to get the idea that they're not part of the next story because his big thesis, and I, I contend it's a false one, by the way, is that the reason that we're not apes or anything else is that we can tell stories to one another that we agree on and form societies and organizations around those stories, mainly religion. Right. Mm -hmm. And he basically says, there's no need for the vast majority of people and they get it and they're not part of the next story. And the next story, according to these people is again, from the bio nano transhumanist agenda into a virtual age where most of the human population is decimated. I don't know if the species actually exists on the level it used to remember they take hold of evolution and they use the technology to empower themselves where you know, I, I don't believe that even the majority of them believe they can upload their consciousness. 
I think a lot of them are banking on physically they're going to be able to live forever on Earth because they think that's the only realm. Yeah, see, this is where I see this all going from like a kind of nefarious endpoint. Whether whether it's because, and I've I've pointed out before, they may be aware that they're doing things that are you know counter to what the belief of of you know most religions, you know, just whatever, just murdering people overseas, and so maybe they're trying to avoid that potential accountability and some afterlife or you know or they just don't want to stop you know the point is they're like i wanted to ask your your thoughts on the google immortality or flesh that out people that haven't seen it because i I've, I've talked about it before but i haven't done any really deep conversation on it what that is but ultimately that's why they're openly driving towards this because it, it, there's no feasible way to create just end people dying like that is from everything they talk about that's the opposite of what we would want right but yet here they are actively trying to find that so it's like so put those two things together for people out there what do you think yeah i absolutely agree so those don't know this is calico this is the immortality division and you just heard uh rothblatt actually talk about immortality and what this is and i mean they're going for it they openly have done this and when you again understand that kurzweil not only believes that he's going to live forever he's going to reach a point because Basically, they say technology is kind of this curve, right? And it it goes up, 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 up. But then all of a sudden, it just shoots up. And they think when the singularity comes, all right, they'll be able to upload, truly upload their consciousness. In fact, he says he's going to be able to resurrect his dead father. (laughs) They're going to be uh, beings of light and be able to travel the multiverse. And this is another reason. Ah, yeah, the, the the meta discussion. That's where that comes in, yeah? Well, look, here's the deal. The metaverse and the multiverse... I think that there's, uh, it's not a coincidence. Not only they sound like each other, but right. ultimately could be one another as an alternate realities because the multiverse, if you believe, and I don't, by the way, I think that quantum computing is obviously real. There's something happening there with entanglement. I am not qualified <laughs> in quantum physics to give you any kind of real intellectual. I, I read what's out there, folks, and I find it extremely fa- uh, fascinating. I get spooky behavior. I get how, you know, even light particles are reacting to the universe around us and whether consciously people are watching them, et cetera, et cetera. I find it fascinating. But the idea that there's a multiverse and that everything actually happens that could with infinite possibilities, I think it cheapens our lives. It says that we don't have free will and it's more of this computer simulation matrix type mindset that you don't really matter. And and that's the other big throughout history. There has always been this ethos to the mainstay of the population, one in which we project on each other. Oh, Jimmy ain't shit. Susan ain't shit. They're the worst. They can never be anything. That we suck and we're powerless, right? And and the truth of the matter is, and, and I know you understand this, Ryan, when you actually put your mind into something and you are truly passionate about it, even if you're some schmuck off the street like Jason Burmes, <laughs> you can literally, for at least a small time period, and who knows for how much longer, change perception around the world. And if people realize that, or or whatever you want to do, right? Like, like if you actually, and that's another Crowley-esque thing, mm-hmm. you know, where you kind of have to look for the power inside yourself. And a lot of these people have tapped into that, that are in those sociopathic social climbing levels. I would argue like, that's kind of like the Bush family. You look at Prescott Bush and the boys and even oh, yeah. George HW, that's kind of the mindset, even without the occult flavor, we can get into that too, mm. but th- they go for that and they realize that is a great power and that's in everybody, but they got everybody thinking, 
you're powerless, mm-hmm. you suck, pay $5 a gallon for gas. Oh, by the way, you're not going to be able to drive on Sundays in some countries Which, anymore. It all leads to basically allow your betters to think, to think for you, to act for you, to buy your car for you, to you know, all of it. It's a very clear direction, you know, but it's, I, w- I would argue that the, the concept of, you know, quantum mechanics, like the idea of whether the metaverse is kind of the, you know, Marvel just, you know, framing of it, but definitely the idea that there's infinite possibilities. I don't know if that's necessarily, I would say more so that the way that it's being used, I, yes, I could agree with what you're seeing that, but I mean, ultimately, I don't even know how we would know, you know, whether this is just a narrative, like even as Whitney Webb and I have discussed, maybe you've had her on, had similar conversations, the idea of like whether the singularity is in fact, even whether they're capable of that or whether they're faking it right now, or, you know what I mean? Like there's a lot of these up in the air conversations. Well, but, I, listen, man, well, I don't hold on. Let, the- let me flesh my point out real quickly to the point about the, about the quantum mechanics thing. You know, it's interesting because we see them selling you on that narrative. That's for sure, right? We've seen, I mean, people don't even realize how far, like the idea of CERN, which I know you've covered and talked about. Like it blows my mind, even if it's not real, that they're arguing. And this was years ago I saw this, that they're like, this isn't tomorrow. This is not some new future thing. It's happening right now. We're literally able to like put, I forget the terminology they use. I'm pretty sure he said something like reach into another uh, dimension and like pull things back over. They were saying this blatantly. It wasn't some fringe thing. And these were the scientists working there. And I'm going like, how is that not the biggest story in the planet right now? And then asking like, what are we doing? Are we hurting things? Or is that, is that where the, the Mandela effect came from? You know, it's all these different like, things in the air that we, you know, and it's like, that's so interesting. But the point is we know for sure that they're saying that's happening. So to your point, it's like it, it could all just be another narrative to spin you to make you think that you're not as meaningful as you may be, that they're infinite. You know, it's interesting as hell and it deserves its entire show to talk about, you know. Well, thank you. But I, I truly do believe that. I don't believe that we believe. So, so here's the deal. I love Rick and Morty, too. I think <laughs> it's a funny show. I'm looking forward to it in a couple of days. Uh, we get a new episode and the season starts. Think about what they push and and look at listen, they're comedians, right? Even I don't know if you've seen Inside Job on Netflix yet, but it's definitely mm-hmm. worth you, you need to go check that out. Ten, 10 part series, it's kind of wild. Uh, but but Rick and Morty in particular, I mean, they have Elon Musk on, right? So they project multiverse, Elon Musk hero, even and Elon takes the joke. It's it's pierced pop culture mm-hmm. in a way that I don't think people you can't consciously understand it until you realize every time you go to Walmart, you see a toy about it. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's, it's, it's submerged in your reality. You see a commercial all the time. You see a poster in the subway, all those things are real and you don't even, it's just kind of in passing. Mm-hmm. And I, and I think that that's kind of how they've rolled for a long time. When I say they, I, I mean, not only the predator class, because you go before the uh, military industrial complex and really Bernays keyed yeah. it in. You know, he wrote the book propaganda. He right. made the word. He told you there was a shadow group behind the scenes that was basically manipulating the public and deciding what the vast majority of us would all do. They improved upon that vastly post-World War II. You know, one of the, again, Annie Jacobson, were you aware of this? I, I wanted to do a whole show on this because I didn't know it until uh, the last trip I was taken out to Batavia. I'm sitting there and I'm listening to the Pentagon's brain, DARPA, her, mm-hmm. her book on that. And the term brainwashing. Now, you can kind of bring it back to uh, a a couple psychologists that started pushing it in the 50s. Well, she gets documentation. And really what happened was that you had a soldier from the Korean War, the Forgotten War, the one no one ever talks about, Mm -hmm. coming back and saying, hey, 
we were using biological warfare on these people. <laughs> name people, name programs, name dates, the whole nine. So the media starts, you know, obviously bashing this guy. And they're like, we have to figure out how we're going to manage this. Now, whether these are true or not, like apparently the documents don't tell you whether or not his accusations were true. But if they're true, it's pretty dirty. It goes against Nuremberg, even them, Geneva Connect, all of it. Aligns with a lot of other historical events that are proven. So it's not hard to believe, but we don't know for well, sure. What are we going to do about it? The CIA says. And really, uh, you know, again, it's just kind of being born out of World War II and the OSS and it's, mm -hmm. it's in its infancy. And they're coming up with phrases. And I think one of the phrases was mind aside. But they didn't mind, want mind decide mind as in other words, mind side. So they're trying to like a genocide. Yeah. yeah. And they thought it was too powerful and that the American public couldn't handle it. And instead, they came up with the term brainwashing hmm. and to roll out brainwashing. They get a bunch of POWs from the war who they say that the evil communists and Koreans were trying to brainwash into doing what this guy did but they just they they couldn't do it they couldn't be broken they were american soldiers <laughs> so after they they roll that out essentially the guy who made all the accusations recants his story and says basically he succumbed to the brainwashing techniques huh. and that's all of a sudden when uh, obviously they take note and you start getting the pre MK ultra programs like artichoke, et cetera, because they realize that it's also had a psychological impact after a couple years of, of running it on the public. Right. Of course. Yeah. So and I have no doubt that all these governments are, are it's like the, it's like the space race kind of thing. They're all racing to get to these things first. So it's never about one or the other, like to the, make the point about how it was the bad guys doing it. They probably were, but it doesn't make it any better that the U S government's doing it too. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm sure that at some level, those things were happening with interrogation or oh, yeah. you're going to say this, you're going to say this, but they're like, how do we Bernays it? <laughs> how do we, how do we make it so it can have a huge impact on the public and not only on the public. Now it's a brainwashing is just a mainstay in all of culture, right? Yeah. It is like, a, and that's from the central intelligence agency. So you have to take note that these things are on that level. You know, they took note after the uh, Orson Welles reading of War of the Worlds and the psychological impact right. that has. And, you know, I have a pretty contrarian view of what these UAPs or UFOs or all that is. I mean, again, you're looking at man-made technology, and I would argue a lot of it isn't just propulsion systems, isn't just weapon systems, isn't just satellite systems, but holographic systems as well, hmm. or psychological impact. I mean, think about it, folks. Just, just go back to you watch an unsolved mystery in the eighties as a kid mm -hmm. <laughs> and over there, you know, and you had that reenactment and there's, there's 30 people from all around the County going. And the thing was like the size of three football fields and it wasn't making a sound. It was just gliding there. Okay. That thing could have been as big as my fist with a hologram on it, making it look like three football fields. Mm -hmm. And that could have been a psyop to see if they could use that technology, not only against us, but against foreign populations. Oh yeah. For anything. It's you know, possible. I mean, this is, this is like the blue beam kind of conversation, right? Yeah. yeah. And well, we know holograms exist. We know that they rolled them out commercially really in the mid two thousands. Right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You, you know what's something interesting on that point that I've made a lot is that, you know, and you, I, we've discussed this, I think the idea that these, you know, when you have something presented to you as the new thing, it's usually been used for 20 years against you. And, you know, and now it's being, oh, look at this new problem or new thing. You know, like I joked about how I, this is not a joke. Even they put it, I saw 
multiple mainstream outlets put this out, this new thing, cloud seeding that China's doing. I'm like, come on, we're, they think we're that stupid? Like, even they have written articles about cloud seeding. So, I, you know, it's like, so the, this new thing, and, and it's, it's clumsy. They're all very clumsy these days. But to that point, I find it really interesting that that's probably what it was, is they, they are clearly... You, it, it's usable for a lot of different reasons, and so probably pulled back. It's not focused on. Like I remember seeing, like for instance, we've seen uh, what's it, Vanilla Sky? You know, they have the, the hologram in the middle of the room. These are the, imagine where it would be today. Or you've even seen like these football stadiums or concerts where they put them above the screen of the crowd. I mean, it's crazy how clear and real it looks. You know, so it's mm -hmm. probably there's probably militarized versions of this that are used to like. Let's not. You don't have to make it about like an alien invasion or the Christ coming, which is usually where those end up. Let's just make it the military using it to project something to make the other side look like they've got more personnel or any number of things. Planes in the sky they're trying to shoot down. Like that's a real obvious military use right there. A ton of them, like or or to make it look like your convoy is five times the size, right? That's what I was saying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But but you know what? Let's go back to Bluebeam for a, se mm -hmm. a second and where those two things kind of originate from. There's nowhere to get any Bluebeam documents. I hate to tell everybody. I've searched forever for these things. Um, it comes out of uh, a guy who's giving a lecture in Canada at a university. There was a, a time I was looking at him so hardcore. I was trying to find if I could buy the lecture anywhere, or maybe the university had an archive of it. And supposedly he's doing a slideshow and he has the documents. So I, I want to put that out there too, as you know, we don't have any hardcore documentation on Bluebeam, but we right. do have hardcore documentation that what psychological operations exist, holograms exist, oh, yeah. and the military has technology far beyond what we could ever imagine. It's more of a theory, right? Which is totally okay. Like, you know, this idea they scare you away from, from connecting things and asking questions. As long as you don't come out and say, this is what's happening, which is what some people do, which I would argue that's wrong, but they have a right to do it. They bring that whole conversation together. <laughs> it's like every day you have to equivocate everything, you know, but it's the truth though. Like you have a right to go out and argue you think that's the truth, whether or not it's the truth, but we should be careful to say it. And I'm glad you're doing that. I mean, that's, that's why I respect work man you, know, you got to be like wait wait we don't we can't prove that but it's interesting you know and and we know it's possible it's very obviously possible i, I always tell people when i'm speculating i you know right. I, because uh, especially on uh subjects that do get a lot of play on social media right mm -hmm. we can't sit there and we can't pontificate about what's really going on with ukraine and biolabs and barisma and hunter and the big guy you know all that stuff will get shadow banned but they'll amplify the hell out of UAP footage and Elizondo yep. and you know all those other to the Stars Academy. And let me say this and, and give credit where credit's due. I watched a uh, podcast with Steve-O. I watched the Steve-O podcast every once Oh, like from, from uh, Jack. Yeah. yeah. He, he basically, you know, he, he does it for like an hour in a van and he had uh, Tom <laughs> DeLong on from uh, Blink-182 to right. the Stars Academy. And I'm sitting yep. there and I'm listening to DeLong. And I think that obviously DeLong's been taken for a ride on a lot of issues. For instance, he even uh, references to where it became clear he was working with Podesta and others. When he talks about WikiLeaks, uh, he said the Russian hack. There's no Russian hack, Tom. Right. <laughs> That's kind of the, the, again, where the disinfo goes and that you're buying into it and you're surrounded by all these intelligence officials that are telling you it's a Russian hack. Wasn't a Russian hack, Tom. So he, he says that, but then, Later on, you know, he's talking about the craft is interdimensional. And I think, again, there's some play on that. I think mm -hmm. that even the concept of what interdimensional means uh, is not what people think. It's just like right. also I think that the concept of what people think space really is, is, is kind of like, do you think it's just a vacuum everywhere? Well, I got news for you again. 
uh, just to get into the rotation of everything. You know, you have to be at a certain velocity and a certain height. And then to break that velocity and to go outside of orbit is even greater. You have, again, Artemis was supposed to launch this week with Snoopy on deck and it didn't happen. But again, I would say, so we think, (laughs) I mean, like how in the world do we think we know? I mean, this is, this is the problem of where we need to get today. And this is why I jokingly, sorry to jump in real quick, but just why we talk, I talk about irritatingly objective. Look, we're at a point today where, where people have gotten comfortable at the very least with realizing some of these long sought understandings may not be as clear as we thought, whether that's the entire concept of vaccination or, you know, whatever it is. It's not to say that we have to say everything or nothing, but we need to be willing to have these conversations. Right. And so as I, when I talk about vaccination, for, for example, and I say, if what we're told is correct, like the whole conversation, and I, that's just, we have to say that because I'm not, a, I, I don't, I'm not a scientist. So even the people we think we trust or we think we should listen to, they're still basing this on a a generally a consensus of the long sought understanding. And it could be the reality. So my point, the same thing with this is like, how the world do we know this entire thing could be resting on the things that people have been taught and handed down and they believe that's the reality. And they're just telling, even if they're being honest, you know? Mm -hmm. So again, it's just, who knows? (laughs) Get back to Artemis for a second. And I want to get to DeLong for, for one more moment. It's, Mm -hmm. You, you look at it this way. They're not sending humans to the moon. They're sending dummies and Snoopy. Okay. And even then rocket technology because of wind or lightning or weather here in our atmosphere, which we're going far beyond <laughs> 240,000 miles in the air. And they end Every other space program's only gone 400 folks. I just want to point that out there. We're not, we're not, not for, you know, not 4,000, not 40,000 which is still a fraction of the 240,000 you have to do to get there and then come back without rockets, just pointing it out. So you can do that unmanned, no problem. They can't do it unmanned, no problem. Right? Like if they're already proving that and they're telling mm-hmm. you that a woman of color is going with a spacecraft in a few years. Don't worry about it. Johnny nonsense. DeLong says this. <laughs> back to DeLong. He brings up these uh, Douglas MacArthur documents about propulsion systems that are being run with the pilot's mind uh, and Douglas MacArthur, huge military contractor. And so I'm like, okay, well, there's a reason I listened to this whole thing for an hour. He said they just got released. So I decide, Hey, I'm going to go check out this Douglas MacArthur drop. And I do. And so, you know, props to Tom DeLong. I, again, I, I don't think he's a bad person. I actually like their music and I, I think that he's being misguided. I don't think John Podesta is a good guy. I think those are the, the, Mirage Men agendas. If you've never seen Mirage Men, go check that out. You'll understand what I'm saying. I get into this document, right? And there's just the first thing I see is the UFOs one. Although there's particle beam accelerator, <laughs> like there's all sorts of good and juicy stuff. But I read this one and it has just it's the kind of document I like because it's got the handwritten stuff backing mm-hmm. it up of people's accounts. And there was a lot of, you know, people uh, hearing voices through the radio or some other thing. That was interesting, but whatever. There was one where they referred to a guy named Gene May, who had worked on the experimental X-15 craft, right? Mm-hmm. And basically, it, it goes like this. May's up in the air. He gets dropped by the military, as they often did with experimental aircraft, because they didn't want to launch him and have people see them by right. any means. And he only had about 10 minutes of fuel. And all of a sudden he says he gets absorbed by another aircraft, like a giant aircraft, has a conversation with the pilot and everybody else, realizes he's been there for like three hours. <laughs> and then um, and then he gets dropped back off. 
and he and and you know and so I, I I listened to this thing. Now here's the here's the deal again. This is a secondhand account. This isn't Gene May talking about it. And basically they were doing a a run up on whether the guy even existed. And in the documents it said he did. So I'm like, well, let's see if Gene May actually exists, mm-hmm. right? Look him up. There he is with his buddies in front of the X-50 aircraft. <laughs> they got like a little newsletter in the history of Douglas MacArthur and on history.com. And I'm just like, well, that is interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, what happened to that guy? Did it, is he out there just putting out disinformation, seeing if this guy's going to be, uh, you know, keep his word and his secrets and put something out? Did this actually happen to him? You know, again, it was it was like he'd been up there for hours. He was really missing. They, they sent up a, a, a fleet after him. They couldn't find him. And then uh, when he showed up three hours later, they didn't believe him and they dismissed him. But he's like, I had 10 minutes of fuel. Where could I have been? Like, <laughs> sounds like the contact the movie. I mean, it just sounds like right out of the exact same premise, you know. But but what's what's interesting, though, is it's like, you know, again, how do, you know, that's a story. How do we how can we verify it? We can't. And so you end up having to trust someone at some level. You know, it's a, so if what we're told is true, you know, and it's like, how who knows? But at the end of the day. There's so much around this that is, I mean, let's just take, I mean, and this again is super controversial. And then before, before we get to close to the hour, I wanted to talk about COVID, the connection to a lot of stuff, but is that ultimately we see that the moon landing, the moon, the entire conversation, I mean, there's no way, no way today that we can't stand back. And there's a hundred examples of how it's clear that we were lied to. Now you can't just make that jump to say that means it didn't happen at all, or that with this or that. Those are possibles, possibilities. But they just they just released thirty five thousand photos yesterday of the Apollo missions. By the way, right? Well, but there's I mean, you know all this, and we don't have to get yeah. into it all. And people, these are this is one of those topics that people are so quick to be like, oh, here we go, and it's like, look. It's obvious. You cannot, it's provable that they did not have a direct satellite link to an instantaneous phone call. That's stupid. So we have, at the very least, you could say, so they faked it for publicity. Okay, fine. Like, I, I don't know why, but we have to acknowledge today that there were obvious lies that were spun there. I've, al- I've always pointed out, like, if you believe that they had the technology then to get there, even though they go, oh, we destroyed it. Oops, now we can't do it again. Or, you know, all these dumb narratives they have. At the very least, they could have found something they didn't want people to see. I mean, we all know that's possible possibility. But anyway, the, the, the broad point is we don't know. Except we, we know that they lied about a lot of stuff that went down there. Go ahead. He could have been there, um, you know, with other propulsion technology. I mean, that's, that, a, that's, a, that's a great point, too. Right. That, that's a big thing. I always say, look, I don't know where we've been or haven't been in space. I go the public technology, even when they're sending back these great images, guys, they're black and white photos and then they're photoshopped. I just go look at you the can wall. Prove that they're photoshopped, by the way. There's hundred percent proof that they were photoshopped in many different ways. Go ahead. I'll, I'll yeah, yeah, on I'm talk about the moon land. I'm talking about even what they're sending out into deep space now. And they're showing ah. you these amazing photos. Uh, they're black and white photos because they, they don't have the technology or maybe they do. I don't know, you know, again, but they're not letting us know that technology. A mm. lot of that is Hollywood and improvised. People have to realize that. And, and you look at the moon in particular, right? I, I think that we've been lied. It, it's very unique throughout the rest of the universe and how it acts. Right. And it obviously, and this is the, this is the thing, this is what makes me think again, humanity is extra special and we actually, you know, this, this life does matter and everything else. The, the alignments of the sun and the moon and yeah. the earth to exist. 
are absolutely incredible. This is where people argue divine intervention or or just the fact that if you have an infinite space, these things will happen guaranteed. One in a bazillion, whatever the numbers are, there's it, it, it just happened exactly right to make this possible. Like, I'm not saying I believe in either of those, but yeah. they're just what people would throw out there, you know? Well, but you can't even call it intelligent design, right? Whether that's a deity or just how the universe works, we definitely see uh, designs and patterns come from nature, right? Yeah, yeah, the 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 uh, I'm blanking on the term um, that th- you'll find the same patterns in, you know, the s- shells on the beach that are in the body and, you know, these same kind of things that are there's a term for it. I'm blanking on. But, yeah, it's it's definitely something that you find that it's you know, connections there that, you know, you could try to explain. But again, to, to the, the, the main point is ultimately that it's obvious. I was just going to say is that you can see um Images they claim were from the moon that you can perfectly overlap with places, I think, in New Mexico, or you can see that the crosshairs on these images in multiple places there, you can see like one of the edges of it are cut off, which means it was cropped, something cropped out. Otherwise, those crosses would be in there, you know, on and on and on. These are just very surface level. You dig into this. It's obvious. Now, I'm not saying I know why they would lie about it. Maybe it's they're trying to cover up. But the point is, we do know that's the case. And so that brings us back to today where it's like, why in the world we trust what they're telling us now about any of this? And I think that we've. It, do me a favor and include a link to discussion of the Into the Stars Academy and Tom and all that, because we've had lots of conversations about that in the past. And it's so suspicious, like you mentioned, the idea that or the fact that every single person beneath them seems to be like an intelligence apparatus connection. And it's just so clear. And they just picked this guy that probably has no clue what he's involved in. You know what I mean? Like, it's just it's very interesting to me. But I think all of it comes back to the idea that it's driving us into this direction that they clearly want us to go, whether real or not. You know, and that that's where I feel like this all ties back to. But you have any more thoughts on that? I totally agree. Listen, whether it be aliens or the multiverse, the more you can make humanity feel small or that somehow we haven't evolved enough. Right. That our biology is bad. Mm -hmm. The more you can trick them into this system of not only command and control, which we're already in. Right. We're in the command and control. We're in the track trace database society. We didn't beat it. We're here. But now we got to move it via transhumanism by any means necessary into the virtual age where the full dominance, where, wherever they can get on that spectrum, right? Whether they believe in the singularity or not. And I think the vast majority of them don't, but I think that like Peter Thiel believes he can be like Vlad the Impaler and live forever on, on blood and, and stem cells, right? Like oh, yeah. I'm not talking to adrenochrome for anybody that wants, I'm talking about the science stuff. Like we're literally, it's real. Yeah, they, it's real. They, they, they've done entire, they're still ongoing studies to this day. And we like groups like Google and they are actively investigating. Or if you can go back, I mean, geez, this was a joke that was made on Silicon Valley, the show, right? Uh, a, a long time ago. And that's, I think, what got it a lot more attention. But it's real that they're, they're, they're investigating and actually doing where they take young child blood from younger humans and inject it or whatever they do uh, you know transfuse it in with older people and they've shown it extends their life or it keeps their cells rejuvenated and so first of all that's pretty creepy is if you can show that it's real then they're guaranteed to be a black market out there for this which is pretty gross which then in and of itself explains or rather shows you the truth behind the that there very clearly is trafficking and you know, kidnapping and all this stuff for exactly that or any other reason the stuff does happen. But then the idea that what are they actually driving to, to achieve, you know? And, and I mean, you can go back to, I think it was, was it Catherine the Great that bathed in human blood, you know, the same kind of concept. There's a historical discussion to this guys or whether drinking it, they thought, you know, it's alarming stuff. It all to me comes back to the idea that they somehow believe they've got some kind of right to be in the position they are, whether divine right or however they view it. 
the families we talked about, that that's where this all seems to go. You know, and again, the other point, it won't be for everybody. You don't get the extra special bloodbath. You don't get all this stuff. You're not going to live forever. Even the, I would argue that's not what most of us would probably want, to be quite honest, you know, whether religious or otherwise. But. I want listen. I want to live a long and happy life. And if I could live to 120 and 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 I feel like I'm 50 or 60, great. You know what I mean? But like you said, forever. I don't know about forever. Well, and, even even the idea of 150, like I want natural. I want healthy, natural. And if 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 natural whether whether if you want to believe in god or not i mean you people know that I, i'm a christian that i would i would like to believe that i'm going to live by that plan you know that's 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 my choice and i don't want to be forced into a position sure. where in a sense if you especially if you're religious that you would essentially be taking action that would be blasphemous you know and i'm, I'm not trying to drive it into religious conversation no, but there's a huge portion of the population there's, there's a place for the religious conversation in fact you know i I incorporated in my last uh, Reawaken America tour, you know, there are a lot of preachers and Christians and obviously uh, that speak and are there. Uh, but for those that don't know, and maybe you didn't know this, the latest Google whistleblower, right? Whistleblower for the AI. Have you seen this? That, well, that's he, what I was referencing. Whitney and I had a conversation about that. Yeah. About whether well, it's real or not, essentially. It's like, yeah, whether it's real or not. And I say it's a psyop. Mm -hmm, I say, again, mm -hmm. it's programmed. It doesn't have a true consciousness. It can be shut off. It, it's apt to what we were just looking at in the beginning of the program with Rothblatt saying, yeah, the legalese will bring it into cyber consciousness and it'll get its rights. And it's a progressive movement. Again, less rights for you, more rights for things that can be created by people, but then controlled by a certain class. Right. right. But when he's speaking, I had no idea. He starts talking about how, guess what? He's into chaos magic. And, Interesting. Interesting. And, and then he starts talking about how he studied in Crowleyism. So why is it? <laughs> you be kidding me. <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> it's how I, listen, I'd encourage you to go. It's how I ended my thing because I also talked about the spiritual aspect of this war. And it is, this is the battle for humanity. I believe that. I agree. I agree. And, and um, Eisenhower who really was introduced on the scene to uh, the bourgeoisie, the predator class, the elites, whatever you want to call them, was at Bohemian Grove. And he tells you, you know, I, I played, it's a 16 minute speech. I think everybody should watch all 16 minutes. It's really important, right? Mm -hmm. You only get usually like 30 seconds. You don't get the parts where he talks about how policy could be taken control of by a very few scientific elite with scientific consensus which we saw over the COVID-1984 nightmare. But he also talks about how there's a spiritual aspect to this. And there was then, and why is it every time we have one of these uh, grand changing could empower, right? Nuclear energy is actually a great thing and could really empower the vast majority of us. We wouldn't have to have rolling blackouts. Even their carbon lie isn't a big deal with nuclear. They never point that out. If we could control the radiation, great. And, and in many cases we can, right? Or it can literally destroy civilizations. That's well, why I tend to go in the direction of Nikola Tesla, right? I mean, that the free actual energy that we could have harnessed hundreds of years ago. But, you know, that's that's just me. Yeah, but I, you know, <laughs> I'm sure that in a way that that could be developed for a weapon system, too. And probably, of course, of course. In fact, anything can. I, I would say that if you look at what blast wave accelerators are and there's a diagram of them in that document, that NASA document, <laughs> you'd be like, oh, OK. Oh, they have blast wave accelerators. Oh, oh, wow. These coil like crazy harnessing that type of energy thing right yep so you you have this back and forth uh, on technology but these guys are going for it and they're always in the occult when they're going for it they're always you know i have become death oppenheimer with, yeah, this, with right. the manhattan project 
And now you get all the way um, Parsons and him and Hubbard and all their weird occultism with the rocket programs. Mm -hmm. But why is it that all these people that believe in the science <laughs> and are into technology and biology are into like weird occult practices or like Rothblatt starting religions? Mm -hmm. It's pretty bizarre, you know, and that's something we have to look at as well. I agree. And, you know, I think that's one of the things that you find in specifically quantum physics in that that direction. You've got a lot of these leading scientists in that field arguing that through science are proving that there is a higher power. You know what I mean? Like getting to a point to where that's the only X and that that's a really interesting connection you find. And I would argue that's kind of always been the way this is for them is whether whether you want to call it science of today or whatever, you know, far back as you want to go, it's just, it, you know, at one point that was magic, you know, for people to perceive these things. And so you can see this evolution of thought and you can see the occult connections to all of these people in high positions of power or their families or anything else. Now, is that what's happening? That's for you to decide watching. But ultimately, it's not an unrealistic or, you know, as always, not an off the table conversation. We should be asking whether they believe something. And that's the point I think you and I have made in a past show that whether or not they're actually you know, let's just say doing things they believe are magic or, or, you know, doing something they think is a cult or that it is actually having an effect. If they believe it does, or they believe it's having an effect, that's all that really matters in regard to whether or not they're doing it. You know, there's all these questions we need to ask, but yeah, it's, it's leading us in a very alarming direction. And I think this kind of thing where it all comes back to is this idea about whether or not they're able to achieve what seems to be this kind of crowning achievement in this long sought effort to do exactly that, you know, immortality or whatever we talk about. And so I guess my final question, I, let's just have you back on next week or something, dive into more COVID stuff, is about whether you think, what do you see that, how do you see the specifically injection, but the COVID-19 play playing into all of this, whether it's the Great Reset, the artificial intelligence discussion, because I've often had a thought about whether or not, let's just hypothetically ask whether there's something in here we know there's nanotechnology but whether there's something more than that in there that could be used in regard to like let's say meshing the idea of brains right the idea of this is this is stuff they've openly researched on peer-reviewed documentation so it's not crazy it, i don't know whether it's happening people like to label those things crazy but whether or not that's being achieved to reach that very thing but anyway, what, what do you think and how this all connects right whether or not that is in the shot, like you you mentioned, it was bio nanotech and it very much is the beginning of transhumanism. I think they're going to point that out. The mRNA uh, technology in particular uh, is, again, a form of transhumanist technology, but they don't want to use that terminology until they get you comfortable with it. And they bring in more of the smart drugs, I would say. It's step by step. Now, as far as a collective, um, that's real. Mesh technology is real. They, they talk about swarms. And even right now with human brain interfaces that are not just implanted, but wearables, they're using drone technology to surveil and beyond uh, of swarms of insect-like drones. So I think that this is number one, to start to get you accustomed to that. Number two, get you uh, ready for the surveillance, the command and control system. And the next level of that is going to be uh, well, we got you used to lockdowns and restrictions and you can only buy two packs of meat and rations, et cetera. Get you on that same train for carbon, right? Because as this transition occurs, they have to make life more and more miserable for the masses, more and more managed. Uh, they have to make them feel benevolent while doing it and accepting whatever they give them, right? It's not just going to roll out easily. So I, I think that 
you, you know, these are the steps they're taking and, and there's going to be some big events to get you ready. And as you absorb into the metaverse and the digital verse for more and more acceptance of transhumanism, because really it's going to be, again, this transgender thing. If you go against it, you're a bigot, right? right. And what did uh, YouTube do? They went to the World Health Organization with COVID information and medical information. Soon you won't be able to talk about it on those platforms either. I give it a year. And, you know, I, I broke this story uh, with my girlfriend over at the Gateway Pundit. But while I was at that uh, reawaken event, right, my buddy calls me up and uh, he I'm not going to tell you how, but he's in the United Nations building. And the United Nations has a school for rich kids, it's the United Nations International School. And we're talking about little kids and he's in like the elementary w- wing and it's all transgender stuff drag queen stuff, charts on different transgender stuff, the most gay-friendly nations, a full list. I'll send you the article to that. And he's like, what is this? And again, it's part of it. The United Nations is the World Health Organization, is the WEF, is the Bilderberg Group, is the predator class, Hmm. is Google. It's just it's just so incredibly alarming how how obvious and on the surface this all is. And that's exactly the point is, you know, we're talking about the the push on young children in this regard, because it's just about getting this as quickly. Like if you aim this at the controlled school structure and same thing with the lockdowns, the masks, you know, they're training these children to be the next stage of this and, and, and on and on and on. Right. And then that's, I argue it has nothing to do as we've been discussing today with the actual transgender movement. It is simply the first step in the direction of normalizing what they have already decided and have already told you, by the way, is the next step. And so that's, you know, make sure you continue to check out Jason's work in this regard because he's been talking, knocking this down. And, you know, thanks for being here, man. I think these, these conversations need to be had and need to be fleshed out because this is pretty alarming to watch how fast this is happening, how quick, more than ever before. I mean, we've been doing this for a while. It's, I mean, my personal experience, I've never seen it, this rapid succession of, and by the way, rapid succession of manipulations that then just as quickly get torn apart, fall apart. <laughs> like, I think that's to do with people's work like yours, like the independent media. So thank you for being here, man. Thank you for having me. Anytime, brother. Yeah. Anything else you want to shout out before we get out of here? Any new upcoming projects or social media links? Uh, I would just say this. Uh, don't forget one of the big reasons that we're here is our reaction to 9-11. My documentary films are free. Loose Change, Final Cut, Fabled Enemies, Invisible Empire, and New World Order to Find, and Shade the Motion Picture. Share them with other people. Watch them first. Fact check me all you like and realize that this has been going on for a very long time. There are numerous issues we need to step on step up on but really at the end of the day this transhumanism thing is rolling through quick and we better become aware absolutely and on that net i'll just take that opportunity to shout out that coming up on the fourth i will be screening part two of james corbett's documentary the secret the the secret the, the history of the secret history of al-qaeda and then part three which will be world premiere on t-lav on the 11th of september that's when it's coming out so we'll be streaming that together on t-lav for the first time in the world i'm really excited to see this man because you know james corbett's always doing knocking down the park with that stuff so yeah but and we'll have to connect after that as well talk back i know you got a lot to say around 9 11 that people need to hear so thank you brother always thank appreciate you. having on And as always, everybody out there, question everything. Come to your own conclusions. Stay vigilant. From the President's office in the White House in Washington, D.C., we present an address by the President of the United States, Dwight D. Eisenhower. In holding scientific research and discovery in respect, as we should, we must also be alert to the equal and opposite danger that public policy could itself become the captive of a scientific technological 
elite. 